Plus is a member of Jared of Jared Orchen. And the, 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 today we learned the after of Parsha Shlach. Before we learn the after of Parsha Shlach, we have to recap the story of the Parsha, of the 12 spies that Moses sent. Why Moses sent spies? The people. They asked to go. Oh, in the Parsha it's written, just the Torah starts, Shlach Lecham Meragli. Sent spies. It looks like God ordered to send spies. By Daber Hashem, how is the language exactly? Yeah, I think, I think. Hashem said to Moses, send for yourself spies. You think? God told them to. When you look in the Deuteronomy, Moses repeats the story. He says, you came to me. And you told me we should send spies. The Jews wanted the spies. Moses sent spies. No, fine, they sent, he sent spies. A miracle. What is the job for, for what, what do you do if you want to send spies? How do you send them? How many you sent? One or two. One, 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 two. Right. What Moses did? Twelve. Twelve. Whole delegation. What is this, a federation mission? <laughs> Twelve spies? A, a big secret. And the leaders of every, of every tribe. 600,000 Jews knew about the, spies sending the, the secret of sending the spies. Can just imagine that the news spread a little further. Three Jews know something everybody knows. Can you imagine the whole nation? They come to Israel. They walked in, they toured, they toured the land for 40 days. What was, was that? That was some commentators say it was a, he, he, he dressed it up as a tourist track, um, tour, as a tour. And meanwhile, they should spy the land. People are not stupid. When you see 12 leaders come to see the land, why did they come to see the land? Because you know that the Jews planned to conquer the land. That wasn't a secret. The Jews left Egypt with the agenda to go to the land of Canaan. I thought when uh, uh, the brothers came into Egypt, right? Uh, you know, Joseph accused them of being spies. Yeah, the 10 uh, brothers came to Egypt uh, uh, and Joseph accused them of spies. Miracle Martin, the same world. And Egypt is a little bigger than Israel. And the 10, according to the message, came from 10 different uh, gates, but even the, they came from the same gate. And what do you think is, that, first of all, that's that they were not arrested or caught these 12 guys. It's already a miracle. Mm -hmm. And the Medrash says, Rashi says that there was a lot of death going on in, 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 in Israel that days, that, that 40 days, that the people were busy with their dead and not busy with, uh, with, uh, with, the, with, the, with the spies. But the truth is, the Rebbe once spoke about it, and he says, this sending mission that Moses was sending was not to spy the land. Moses knew it's a good land. Moses knew that God is going to conquer the, uh, make miracles to conquer the land. It doesn't make a difference if they know the ins and out of the country or not. Moses sent the mission for one purpose, for inside purposes, to convince the Jews to go to Israel. He said, I will send a delegation They'll go to Israel, they'll get excited about Israel, they'll come back to Cleveland and convince everybody making Aliyah. It was birthright. <laughs> the first version. That he too, he said, if the leaders will go, the leaders have the most influence, they will see the land. They'll come back, they'll start, oh, the land, oh, I was at the hotel, it was so beautiful. And everybody wants to go. That was the goal of the mission. They went, and Moses told them, go find out what's going on and where and what, all the details, bring some, bring some food, right? They came back, but they left. They were already had an agenda. They didn't want to go to the land of Israel. They just went to look why it's not good. Now the same thing, what happened? Moses told them, bring the food. The food was very big at that time. 
apostles said, look what beautiful fruit there is in Israel. What an amazing land. They took the same thing and turned it upside down. What they said, the fruit, as big as the fruit is, that's how big the people are. That's how large the people are. You know, the same reason could be turned around upside down. God says, in the beginning, I discovered that man, when God created the world, that the art of man is bad, therefore I want to destroy the world. Then God said, I discovered that man is bad, therefore I'll forgive him. God says, the Jewish people are a stiff-necked nation, therefore I want to destroy them. Moses said, they are a stiff-necked nation, therefore, therefore forgive them. That's what you do with it. The facts are the same facts. That's how you twist it. That Moses said, bring the, bring the fruit and you show them what a beautiful land. They took it and turned it upside down. The worst problem with them, they came and they draw the wrong conclusion. That's not it. They would, even they would just say, yeah, we saw big people and large people and the, and the cities are fortified and they'll be very... Uh, bring facts. Your job was not to tell me what is going to happen. Therefore, we can... The moment they said, therefore, that was the problem. It was a complete, total failure. The Jewish people, they came back from the tour and Tisha B'Av. The Jewish people cried. And God says, guys, you don't want to go to Manishkin Toivas. It's called in Yiddish, Moichel Toivas. You ever heard the expression, Moichel Toivas? I forgive your favor. Forgive your favor. Now somebody wants to do your favor. It's doing your whole thing. is doing you do your favor. Tell them, I don't need your favors. Then the idea of God says, you'll stay in the desert. And I will raise a generation who will love the land and will want to go to the land, and they will go to the land. What was the reaction of the Jews? The moment they see that they cannot go, suddenly, reverse psychology. <laughs> you tell a child, don't do it, don't do it. He will do it. My grandfather told me, in Russia, I raised his kids. Well, the only kind of under, underground organized movement was Chabad. My grandfather was not Chabad. But he told me I knew about his boys that if they, Chabad is the only place to, to survive. Then he used to talk to them and they were stubbornly born. Like, he used to, used to tell them, Chabad is not good. He told me every time I told them that, they said, no, Chabad is good, you're going there. And that's exactly what he wanted to accomplish. He wanted to instigate them that they should... They should do a tzolochist to him. They should, should prove him that he is wrong. And they will go, we are not listening to you. They should rebel against them by going to Chabad. So that's exactly what they want. <laughs> the same thing is in God. The Jewish people, you don't want to go to the land. Fine, don't go. No, 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 we want to go. I said, that's too late. Sometimes it's too late. That was the story, the spies. And they end up to be another 39 years in the desert. Yeah, but also Moses was complicit because God did not allow him to go in. That's not because of this. Well, that was one reason, though. That's not what God says. Moses feels that because the Jews didn't enter, God told them, you stay with your generation. Not because Moses was wrong. Not because Moses did something bad. Because, because if his generation is in the desert, he should stay with them. But officially, God's reason always is because he the rock. Is there, is there some connection, because you talked about the spies and uh, the, four, the brothers in uh, Egypt, Joseph's brothers, and the reason they didn't um, want to come into the land is because they wanted to stay back and discontinue with God and study and have a better life, maybe? Yeah, there is, there is I think there is in Kabbalah that the ten type of Joseph, the ten brothers of Joseph and the ten spies are, are uh, reincarnation or something like this. Yeah, there is a connection. Absolutely. It's interesting, the reason for a, for a minion we learn from the mm -hmm. ten spies and from the ten brothers of Jesus. Hmm. Obviously there is a connection. Then comes Joshua. He should already know. He was one of the twelve spies, right? He, did, he made the right choice, but he was one of the twelve. And he's sending against spies. Did you see what happened there in, in between? Why was Joshua sending spies? But he sent spies not for the purpose of to know if to go or not. He sent spies to know the morale of the people in the land of Israel. How, if they are strong or they are afraid, it was more a detail. 
to know how easy it's going to go. It's strategic. Kind of. There's not much strategic there either. By the, end of the, by the end of the story, the only thing they brought back is the land is yours. Everybody is afraid to death. That made it easier for the Jews to go to enter the land. And let's start to read a little bit from inside. And we'll try to find our way in, inside into the, into the Aftorah. Page 1193, number one. And Joshua, the son of Nun, sent two spies secretly from Shittim, saying, Shittim, let's stop right here. Where's Shittim? What happened in Shittim? Shittim is the word. It's Atzei Shittim, yeah. Okay, Jehud. But Shittim is the name of a place, too. What happened in Shittim, Mark? The only thing I think of that's similar to is Shem, but I don't think it's Shem. Shem? But, I mean, the, wasn't it? Shittim. What happened in Shittim? Something happened in Shittim. Mm-hmm. No, 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 that's that in Shechem. Shechem. Huh? No, I don't know. What happened in Shittim? That didn't have anything to do with uh, where they fought the Amalek, uh, the uh, Amorites. Amorites went before the Amorites. In what connection? Uh, with the kings, uh, the two kings. You mean close, close, close around this Oak neighborhood, around, around, around <laughs> this neighborhood in the Torah. Shittim is in Israel, right? Shittim is not in Israel. No, okay. Shittim is outside of Israel. That's not. This, they were. They were that harlot, the Rahav. That's here. That's, that's this part. That's, that's this Torah. No, up. that's coming up. <laughs> that's the Torah. That's in the prophets. What happened in the Torah in Shittim? What happened in Shittim? You know it. You just don't know that it happened in Shittim. (laughs) (laughs) Is that when the uh, Jews were attacked, leaving Israel? Or releasing Egypt? No, it was later. Shittim story was later. Later, later. Something bad happened in Shittim. We'll read it in a few weeks from now. Not in the Midianites, no? Yes! <laughs> what Midianites? Uh, the prophet, what's his name? Bilam. Yeah, Bilam. What, what, what happened? Yeah. Oh, they, they, they take the girls. The girls. Yeah. Take the them girls. Prostitution. And they worship titles. Look on page oh, 797. Right. One girl is saving gold for us. Chapter 25. Israel was staying in Shittim when the people began to behave immorally with the Moabite girls. The girls mm-hmm. invited the people to throw their religious sect uh, to... And then what happened? The problem was not only they were running around with the Midianite girls. The problem, the biggest problem was that the Midianite girls uh, forced them to, to worship idols. Mm-hmm. They worshipped idols in the beginning of the four years, the golden calf. By the end of the four years, they did the same thing again. The new generation did the same thing. Here is Joshua sending two spies from the Shittim. And they fixed the small immoral behavior. As you're going to learn, they went to a prostitute. Mm-hmm. And they didn't do it. They fixed. So they tickled to the scene of the Shittim. Everything written and taught in the Bible, it's a, there is a reason why they wrote from where centered, because it makes a difference. Okay, continue in the first line of the of the Aftorah, in eleven ninety-three. Saying, Go view the land, especially Jericho. And they went and came to the house of the harlot named Rahab and lodged there. Okay. You're going to spy the land. Why they went to a house of a harlot? It's a good informational center. <laughs> this is true. It's, it's, you know, sort of pillow talk. They oh. must have known they could pay her <laughs> off and she'd do whatever they want. <laughs> 
No, because in a hollow house, nobody asks questions who you are. Right. You don't have to show your identity. You understand? Right. Everybody yeah. comes in, everybody goes out, you can hear from people. <laughs> everybody goes there, you can get from your information what you want. It's a, it's a good place. Later, we'll learn more than that. Go ahead. How, how did they know she wasn't going to, or somebody there wasn't going to turn him in? Well, this does. is true. <laughs> somebody does. <laughs> He's right. <laughs> and later, we learn that the walls she used to live by the border, by the wall, by the big wall. Then, that was the easiest way to go in, basically. They went to Ohav. <laughs> Two spies. He sent them to spy the land. They go to the house of the <laughs> shine. <laughs> go ahead. You want to continue, Mark? And it was reported to the king of Jericho, Behold, men have come here tonight from the children of Israel to search out the land. Right away, somebody there knew right away. It was already reported. Before, he, before they had time to move, it was already reported to the king of Jericho. Then the king of Jericho sent to Rehab, saying, Bring out the men who came to you, entered your house, because they have come to search out the whole land. Yeah, she said, she, they demanded the people. Hmm. We're in the Bible, we have a story of demanding the people. Oh, a lot. It's not far from the same place. Let's see how Rahab, let's see, Lot was ready to give away his daughters. Rahav was not so holy as Lot, right? She wasn't Abraham's niece or cousin. Niece, niece. he was his nephew. She, did, she behaved differently. But? But the woman took the two men and hid them. And she said, yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they were from. And it dark as the gates were about to close, the men went away. I do not know where they went. Pursue them quickly, for you will overtake them. She did, she made that brilliant move. She took him upstairs on the roof, hired them, and then said, yeah, yeah, they were real, they, were, they just left. Run after them, quick, quick, quick. She got rid of the, this, and meanwhile she was buying time to save the two, the two guys. Hmm. Anybody here ever noticed the parallel with Sound of Music? Remember the scene where the nuns hide the family? <laughs> oh, Whenever I always thought that this was this was kind of based on this thread. Well, the distributor yeah. part. Forgive it, Father. Father. <laughs> <laughs> it's a musical. Fa yeah, musical. famous musical. What's the name of it? Uh, the Sound of Music. The Sound of Music. Shine. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I don't know the story. <laughs> okay. Continue. But she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them with the stalk of flax which she had spread out there. So the men pursued them along the way into the Jordan as far as the fords, and as soon as the pursuers went out, the gate was shut. Okay. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Before they lay down, she went up to them on the roof. Okay. Then they, she hided them on what? And stacks of flax. Mm -hmm. Cover them. And the men run, run away. She hired them under the roof. Okay, she said to the man. She said to the man, I know that God has given you the land and that the fear <clears throat> of, you, of you has fallen upon us and all the inhabitants of the land melt with terror because of you. For we heard how God dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to the two kings of, of the Amorites who were behind the Jordan, beyond the Jordan, to Sichon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. Oh wow! Look what this this Alot knows much more than we think. Mm -hmm. She gave them a whole lecture. Mm -hmm. The splitting of the sea was four years before that. It wasn't two weeks ago. She told them, "He still remembered. We are still afraid. The whole nation is afraid of you." Because, you know, sometimes when you're in the Jewish people, you don't realize the effect that you have on other places, on other people. You needed to hear from a stranger, what is your effect? He says, we are all scared to death from the miracle of the splitting of the sea. She had to kind of educate the Jews how, how effective the miracles were. And on top of it, what you did to the two kings, the Amorite kings, Sihon and Nog, the two giants. Obviously, she was an educated person, and she knew much more than people were in, in, in thinking that she knew. And she also 
realize who here people are and who the Jewish people are. That's the, that's, that's the Chidosh. She realized that, they, that the Jewish people are the moral people who believe in God. And even she was an outlaw because she was pushed into this job. Nobody is taking this job willingly. No matter what everybody says. The reality is a normal human being doesn't go there. But she, that she looked at her own society. She said, this is a corrupted society. It's a society who, who doesn't care for the poor and for the... And therefore, I, she had to reach to such a level to support her family. How we know that she can support her family? Because she, well, she cared for her family. Because she told them later, I want you to save my family. Mm-hmm. But she, she bid on the, on the other side. She says, you're the right side. I will help you. Naturally, you would give it, you would, it turn, she would turn in the, the man. And by this, get from the king some more treatment, better, maybe a better job, maybe, maybe money, maybe whatever it is. Here she went against everything and everybody. Is she a symbol of the corruption of the uh, society? That's why they picked a prostitute, basically? Maybe, but also maybe, you know, we learned not long ago about the four, the four, um, Metzoraim, what it's called, the four, the Metzora. The four leopards, remember? Mm-hmm. Who were outside of the city, and, and it was a famine in the country, in, the, in, Ju- in Shomron, and they came and they told the king that there is food on the other side, and they bought redemption. God, I think that's what God wants to teach us. She, she's more of a uh, precursor of the righteous Gentile. First of all, she's a righteous Gentile. The first righteous Gentile was much before it was Pharaoh's daughter. daughter. The first official righteous Gentile. Don't take away from her the official title. Number one. But number two, she is. But the lesson is that God decides how he's going to bring the redemption to the Jewish people. We don't tell God, God, if it's this person, if it's a leopard, I don't want want the redemption. By a prostitute, I'm not going to stay. God will tell God wants to show that hey, there is a Talmudic statement, there is no person who doesn't have a time. Every person has his moment. She, in her moment, she made the right choice. She saved the Jewish people. It reminds me of Ruth. Yeah, but Ruth is not a surprise. Ruth is a, righteous, is a, is a more righteous woman. Here, God wants to show that, you know, the, the interesting thing was the Antebi, uh, when they rescued the plane, then they were the Satmer Hasidim. The Rebbe the Rebbe was speaking about it and said it was a huge miracle of God, one of the greatest miracles. And God shows us that He cares for the Jewish people and He protects them and on and on. And the Satmer Hasidim who don't or don't believe in the state of Israel accused the Rebbe, how could it be that, 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 that God will use make miracles to people who are not religious or don't believe in God? The Rebbe said, You don't decide for God how God will operate. First of all, who says that they are not, they are not uh, believing God? But let's say even, no matter what, what do you decide? Therefore, it's not a miracle because he did it. Oh, I'm not taking it. I'm not. We'll stay in Antebi. If he would be in Antebi, would he stay in Antebi and say, oh, you Israelis, I'm not going with you? But I think that's what the Torah wants to teach us. It could be leopard, leopards, it could be a prostitute, it could be anybody. God decides how it's going to come, the miracle will come to you. The, the means and the vehicle is up to God. And that's also a lesson for us in general. You know, we, sometimes we think, oh, this, this job, this customer is going to make it. This job is going Don't decide for God how to do it. Try, try here, try there, try there. Works, works, works. How God is going to help you, leave it up for God. Isn't he might have a better agenda for you. Well, that's is it Mashiach? Mashiach, that's a different story. What? Well, I was going to say that it's sort of the story with Yosef because he, he, he sort of puts a little too much effort into the, into. Um, but maybe you can say that he, Joseph, because of Potiphar's wife, he ended up in jail because he ended up in jail. He met the the butler and the bu- and the butcher, therefore he became the the, the ruler of Egypt. No, he does, but but I mean he put effort. You know, to what get, I mean to say is in Judaism. The beginning, when we see the salvation, we go back and we see where was the turning point of the Tzoras, and we say that that was the beginning of the salvation. 
that, you know, the previous Lubavitcher Rebbe, in 1927, he was in Russia. He was jailed. Two months later, he left Russia because basically, if not, they would kill him. Then the Rebbe, many years later, said the day that he was arrested, that was the beginning of the redemption. Because if not, he would never try to leave Russia. Then when you see and when you look back, the beginning of the trouble was the beginning of the solution. You understand what I'm saying? It looked like trouble, but the end of God let it. The same thing is with Rahav. Rahav, she brings us the salvation. Then what did she continues to say in number 11? When we heard. When we heard, our hearts melted, and there was no courage remaining in any man because of you, for God your Lord. He is, he is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. Now, therefore, please swear swear to me by God, since I have shown your kindness, that you will also deal kindly with my father's house and give me a true sign, and spare my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, and all that they have, and deliver our lives from death. She said, I saved you, you saved me. She knows how to make a deal. Mm -hmm. Really, she was in their mercy. I mean, the one each other's man's. She knew very well when they leave, they can later ignore it, even if they promise. She, she said, swim me by God, by God of Israel, by you, God, that you're going to live up to, the, to your world. That no matter what she did, she was a person who believed in God. Excuse me, her, her name, Rahav, is, uh, that just means big, right? Why? Right? Is, is there a deeper meaning to her name? It's, just, that's the name. Just the name. Mm -hmm. um, it's, in some places it's written, the word Alot is a matter of opinion. Some opinions say that Zona could also mean she was, she had, she had like, she was an innkeeper. She was feeding people. And I said she was an alert. The word zonot and mezonot is the same word. Food. Mm. Say boremi ne mezonot, right? Zona, I thought that means prostitute. Yeah, but it could also mean a feeder, somebody who feeds you. Okay. Because it's interesting. In many places in the Bible, it goes both ways. They refer to uh, Tamar. Judah, you know, the story of Judah and Tamar, as um, he thought she was a Zona. You're right. Right, right. there it means a prostitute. Right. But here it could mean that some commentary said that well, she was an innkeeper. Not necessarily she was a prostitute. But no matter what. Okay, we are in number 16. Huh? 14. Oh, 14, yeah. Then the man answered her, our lives for yours. If you do not tell of our mission, we will deal kindly and truly with you when God gives us the land. Then she let them down by a cord to the window, for her house was on the side of the wall so that she dwelt in the wall. She lived in the wall. The Talmud says something very interesting. Talmud says, why she, why she, looks like she was a professional in sending out people on the windows, she had, a, she had a string. Why? What do you think? Smuggler. She used to bring the many men who came to her, came from the window. Not from the main door. They were afraid, they were embarrassed. Right. Came from the window. And she was, wasn't the first time she got men out, in and, in and out of the window. Right. <laughs> then she turned to God and she said, God, made be an atonement. All the men that I brought in and out of the window, the same window, the same um, escape route, coat, the same uh, flux that I use for bad things, I want to use for good things. But this is really the concept of tshuva, is when you take the same type of behavior and you use it to save the lives of the two Jewish people. Says God, with this you'll forgive me for what for, for what I did before. Is there a significance to the fact that with the spies were twelve, but there were only two that were good? And, and, and here is it only two. 
According to the Medrash, who were the two? Caleb and Joshua. No, not Joshua. Joshua sent them. No, he, he, he. Oh, these two. Who were the two? Pinchas? Oh. And I think Kolev. I think it was Kolev. Caleb? That's what I I think so, right? Caleb. I don't know, I just guess. The same Caleb. Same Caleb, yeah. But it was with Joshua in the parasha. He had a good report. Yeah. Right. He'd be the guy you'd want to send, right? I think it was the color by side. How's your Google? I'm Googling it, yes. Where my Google says. Where is that? Yes, I'm looking. I saw it today, but I forgot. I think it's a spiral. Um, Anybody got Siri here? Um, okay, in, in any case, it was, I think it was because they call it. I don't see it here. I really. Huh? I'm pretty sure you're right. Yeah. In any case, yeah, it was the two, for sure the two, uh, I mean, he saw the two came right with the right message. They, obviously, it's enough to have two. We don't need ten. We don't need twelve. But here is the deal. She, they told her, if you will not tell us, you will not give out the secret. That's the, that's the deal. Number 16. She said to them. She said to them, go to the mountains where the pursuers will meet you. Hide there three days until the pursuers return. And then you may go on she your way. She knew everything the, the system works. She told them to wait for three days. And she knew how long will, when they'll give up. Go ahead, the men. The men said to her, we will be blameless of this oath which you have made us swear. Behold, when we come into the land, bind the scarlet cord in the window through which you will let us down and bring us, bring into your house your father and mother, your brothers and all your father's household. If anyone goes out of the doors of your house into the street, his blood will be on his own head and we will be innocent. But okay, here... They speak a little stronger, they're already outside. <laughs> you know what's going on? <laughs> sort of renegotiating the terms. Defining it better. She said, you save all my family. They said, no problem. They said, if you have them in one room, in your house, and a string around the window, then we'll save you. If not, too bad. And you're downstairs already. Can you renegotiate the deal? Even they still need her, but it, it's also from a practical point of view. You cannot start to run around and every other says, what's your name, what's your name? It doesn't work like this. And they needed everybody in one place. But also, I mean, they, she was aware that there was going to be a, you know, what they call the harem, the total ban, that every, that when the Israelites came in, everyone would be destroyed. You're right, should they know about it? Therefore, so, to, take, to take this, this old was a big thing. <laughs> right, but that they had to kind of isolate. You're absolutely, in, absolutely in the right. House. You're right. Now, a uh, uh, scarlet cord. What does scarlet means? Scarlet means red. 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 The Hebrew is a very interesting uh, expression. You read uh, in number eighteen, line number eighteen. Here we come to the land in Hebrew, tikvat chut ashani. In the bottom of the of page eleven ninety five. I'm talking. Go back one page. Tikvat chut ashani. One line from the bottom. In the Hebrew side. Tikvat chut ashani. Chut means a cord. Shani means red. What's tikvat? Hope of a core red. A red scarlet. Red, red, red robe. Maybe this way people go around with the red things on the arms. Yeah, I was going to ask that. Is that the Red It's a national anthem. I know. What means a tikva? The hope. The hope, right, yeah. Hope means a tikva. Right. 
But back in the temple, it wasn't the red thread. Yeah, no, they didn't. Yeah, was they it wasn't called. That, that yeah, was yeah. Turned away, right? That red represents sins. White represents pure. Right. And we are white re ribbons, not red ri red uh, <laughs> threads. It's a Goisha thing, by the way. Mm -hmm. At the red business, yeah. yeah. Is it, uh, is it a dome? Is that just another version of red? Another a dome is red, yeah. So but in Bible, Shani. in Bible, Shani is, Shani is red. Yeah. <coughs> but it's called Tikva because that became the op. The whole house was dependent on this thread, on this coat, on this red coat. Tikva Chut Shani can mean the, the thread also, but it's a, a word that is used for both, has two meanings. By the way, the word mikveh could also mean or word kaveh from the word op. Understand? Yeah. Same thing. Okay, what they told you? I'm sorry, I stopped you in the middle. Who is reading it? Okay. Number 19. Top of page 1197, number 19. If anyone, the first line, by the end of the first line. If anyone goes out of the doors of your house into the street, his blood will be on his own head and we will be innocent. But if a hand is raised against anyone who is with you in the house, his blood will be on our head. Sounds like what's going on uh, in Egypt with uh, the firstborn. You're right. Yeah. You're right. You go out, the mobile show, yes. But if you tell, our, uh, tell of our mission, then we will be released from the oath which you made us swear. Yes, he told them. Anybody who's in the house will be saved. Anybody outside of the house, it's on it's, 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 it's his own. Okay. Is there a connection between the, the scarlet and the blood on the doorpost? It was also red. <laughs> Maybe here it was on the window, that was on the door. That's a different. But maybe. She said, she said, let it be according to your word. She sent them away and they departed. And she hastened the uh, scarlet cord in the window, fastened. or fastened the scarlet uh, cord in the window. They departed and came to the mountains and stayed there three days until the pursuers returned. Then what they did again, actually, the two spies did nothing. <laughs> they didn't go anywhere. Because they got all the information there. Yeah, they, they interviewed one person. They met one person in the whole city of Jericho. They went back home. That's what they did. Look what they come back. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, the pursuers searched for them all along the way, but did not find them. Then the two men descended from the mountains and passed over and came to Joshua, the son of Nun, and told him all that had happened to them. Okay, what they said to him. That's they amazing. said to Joshua, truly God has delivered the whole land into our hands. And moreover, all the inhabitants of the land are scared to death of us. <laughs> the good news, they're all afraid of us. We can go and conquer the land, nothing to worry about. How did they know they could trust Rahab with this? Like you said, they interviewed one person. She gave them what but they wanted to hear. But one person <laughs> who knows the mood of, the pe of all the people, she meets a lot of people. Mm -hmm. She has a sense of what's going on. She sees the ki the the ministers. She sees the simple. She sees everybody. Right. She really knows that God is bringing the Israelites in to conquer the land. No, no, but she knows. She's in a position to see. She sees the cross section of society. Exactly. So if you want to know what society thinks, you go to this type of a person because she knows. She sees every kind of people who tell her the truth, because they're not afraid to tell her the truth. She's that. They don't look over as somebody who can report on them. All the secrets come out in such places. Today's hairdresser. Right. <laughs> like today's hairdresser. Cab driver. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Cab driver. You're right. You're right. You're right. Does your hair so right. You, you tell them everything. You 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 see it and you or you you you're right. You you you. But the barber, you people talk everything. All the secrets go down. The same thing was it. But this is a it's a complete contrast with the parsha, when the. You know, the spies go in under Moses and they see themselves as grasshoppers. You know, they you have no confidence. Right. You're absolutely right. Here, they don't even have to go in. They, no, they, they have complete faith. And they say, don't worry, they're a piece of cake for us. 
Mm-hmm. That's, it's, the, what I mean to say, it's all about an editor. Right. Fate of God. How you look at things. But it's also, there seems to be in this story, uh, a singularity. It's two people, one, in one source, whereas uh, when the spies go out, it's 12. No, and for sure, multi- first of all, they left Cheresh. Cheresh means quietly, silently. They came back, they spoke only to Joshua. They didn't make a meeting of the old Jewish Hey, by the way, we're going to show you. They were sent in a secret mission. They came back in a secret mission. They were spies. True spies of the true meaning of the word. And the only thing they bought, they wanted to know the morality of the people because it doesn't make a difference how many things you have. It's the morality, the, the morale, how much excitement you have. Israel's army is much smaller, but because they believed in their, in their mission, because they had to believe in God, they won this, all the wars. Right. They, were, they were attacked by 100 million, 100 million Arabs. They were nothing. And the same six days were every war. But this is the this is the next generation. Forty years later. Forty. They're ready. They're ready to go in. And this is a generation that Moses raised. You know, when the Rebbe right. became a Rebbe, he right away wanted to send out Chabad rabbis to different countries. He sent a couple to Brazil. And it didn't work out. After a few years they came back. The Rebbe waited ten years until he raised his own boys, and they went. That was a whole different story. You know, the same thing here, Moses said, he tried his first and this guys from Egypt, forget about them, nothing will happen with them. We will stay in the desert, we'll raise another generation, sometimes you need to have patience if you want to be successful. We'll raise a generation who believe in God, who have faith, who have faith in Moses, who know that the land belongs to them. They will go, they will conquer the land. And that's what really happened there. Or well, there is here an, a higher level here that you can learn something more, more than Hasidus. What is faith in God? Where, when kicks in faith? It's above, it's above your understanding logic. Uh, let's say God forbid a person is sick. As long as there is the doctors have a solution for him, he believes in God, but he says that he has pure faith in God, he believes also he hopes that the doctors will open. Nobody said that's wrong, but that's not pure faith. Pure faith is, as long as there is a red scarlet, there is something to hold on. When there is tikvat chut hashani, when there is a hope of the red robe, you hold on to the red robe, you're not holding on to pure faith. When the red robe is disappearing, the previous Obavich Rebbe once spoke about that. And everything is gone. And there is no hope whatsoever. And then you have faith in God. That's true faith. And when a person has this level of faith, this level of faith itself opens a channel of new blessing that God should give him, give him, give him the miracle. See, as long as he's holding on to something, it's not pure faith. Then God says, oh, you want this should help you? Maybe, maybe not. But when a person says there is no hope, everybody gave up. No hope whatsoever. He says, I'm sure God is going to save us. This alone wakes in God such a level of, of mercy that he, create, he could create a miracle. So is Joshua, when he decides to send in the spies, is that pure faith? No. He, he sent it because he wanted to know, he wanted information. He felt that he's obligated to go also in a natural way. It's a partnership with God. Yes. But what you can learn from this story is that as long as, let's say, Rachav would lose the, 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 the scarlet, the red robe would, 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 would get lost. Now what? There's nothing to hold on to. Not tikva. Do you still have faith in God that God will save you, or you don't have faith in God that save you? The highest and pure level of faith is when there is, everybody gives up. And there is no hope whatsoever. And you say, God will save me. This is, this is true faith. This is a very high level of faith. I don't wish anybody to have to be tested by this. But this is the faith this we're talking like about. Abraham and the sacrifice of <laughs> Isaac. He did, he, Abraham didn't this plan to be saved. Faith. Ab- Abraham did not plan to be saved. 
This is when Abraham was in the in the in the in the in the furnace, maybe. Maybe if you look at Isaac from Isaac's perspective, that Isaac was ready to be sacrificed. Mm -hmm. Isaac was not looking for a miracle. Yeah, but he was ready to sacrifice his own. Yeah, but he was son. not ready. He was not waiting for miracles. He didn't want to be. He didn't. He didn't pray to God to be saved. He, so he that, had total faith that his son would be saved. No. No. no, no, not at all. No. no. I don't know, but I mean, <laughs> no, no, he just had total faith. He had, he had total, total faith. faith that this is the the will of God, and therefore he's going to do it. Right. What will happen? It was not his business. He was ready to sacrifice his son, completely. Right, right. You can say that in... I mean, God told Abraham this was going to be the continuation of Jesus. I know. In Isaac. I know where okay? you're going. He was promising him for years <laughs> and I years, know. time and again. And then Well, then God tells him to go sacrifice him. It's just, if that's not an act of pure faith, maybe, then maybe. what is? No, the, the sacrificing <laughs> is an act of pure faith, but he didn't have faith of saving Isaac. That was not the faith. You understand? That no. God would save. That it's God so would no, come no, through no, no. on his promise. God would come through on his promise. How? That's up to God. Not by saving Isaac necessarily. Could have been some other vehicle. Well, there wouldn't have been any Jewish people. Well, it would be. Maybe Abraham would have another son. Right. Exactly. Which he did. Or he could have been resurrected. Egypt. No, I mean, or he could be resurrected. Is, there are stories of resurrections in the Bible. Right. Elisha resurrected right. something. Stories yeah. of resurrection. There is even in the Talmud stories of resurrection. <laughs> you, I, I hear what you say. Right. He had faith. And there you can say, but it wasn't faith that somehow Isaac would be saved. Because if he would go with this agenda, it wouldn't be a pure sacrifice. That, what I'm saying? that he loves God more than he loves his son. Because he loves God, he's ready to sacrifice his son. Not because he doesn't love his son. Right, right. But he... Well, that, that was his faith. But his faith was right. not to believe that somehow Isaac would be saved. If he would have this thinking, that wouldn't be a pure sacrifice at all. God says, I don't need you. If you're planning on saving Isaac, I don't need you. We need the people are ready to go all the way. In any case... Rahav, what happened to Rahav? She converted. Joshua marry her. She converted. She joined the Jewish people, and Joshua married them. Is there then a connection somehow between Rahav and Messiah? <laughs> and eight yeah. prophets came out from the descendants yeah. of Rahav and Joshua. Where is Joshua that? and Rahav had only girls, first of all. <laughs> Anybody who complains that he has only girls, I always tell them, not only Rashi had only girls, Joshua had only girls. Not such a tragedy. I have a brother, my sister has like six girls, five or six girls. And it's going the right direction. <laughs> then then uh, Rahav, uh, and they had only girls, but from this union came out eight prophets, and eventually, on Jeremiah's generation. By the time of the destruction of the temple, Hulda the prophet, and other, and uh, all, the Talmud brings a whole list of names. Do we get any connection to the Mashiach there somehow? The Mashiach, Mashiach from Ephraim, David. from Joseph. Yeah, no, because it's written that Mashiach will be from the, yeah. from David. Joseph and Judah together, like yeah. a combination. Do we get the Mashiach ben Yosef from this? Maybe Mashiach ben Yosef is from there. We don't know. Maybe maybe it's like a root in David, Rachel and Joshua. I don't know everything. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I read an interesting commentary yeah. by Jonathan Sachs yeah. on the Parsha. Yeah. On, and he he quotes the Rabbi Schneerson. Um that the, the spies, the scouts, were not afraid of failure. They were afraid of success. And what does that mean? In other words, they were afraid of having to go into the land. And the then, reality of having to live in a real space and make a living and deal with the and real And losing world. their spirituality. Right, because in the wilderness, God's presence was always there. They were given everything. It was mm -hmm. like a welfare state. 
It was like being in college. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> and God wanted them to graduate, and they didn't want to graduate. Right. You know, the guys to go to to graduate school, and then to go to another graduate school, and and uh, they want to get a PhD, and anything not to go to real life. That was the the spice. You're right, but you see, there is many reasons that we attach to the spice. The spy, a whole nation didn't want to enter the land of Israel. Some of them were just afraid. Some of them wanted to have Moses with them. Some of them knew that Moses is going to die. They didn't want Moses to die. And that's what the Rebbe says. They wanted to stay with Moses. They were just like, crazy going to Israel. Yes. If I would be there and I would know that Moses dies, I want my Rebbe. I don't care Israel. What is Israel? Sit in the desert, learn Torah. You have to be crazy not to do it. <laughs> but... That's what Hashem wants. Hashem wants you to go to Israel. You see, every Chabad rabbi, when the rabbi was alive, had the same dilemma that the spies had. Because the rabbi wanted Hasidim to go out to spread Judaism, but they wanted to be in New York. They all wanted to be by the rabbi. And for, for a guy to leave New York before the holidays, when everybody from all over the world is coming to the rabbi, he's leaving. They all look at you, where are you going? I know about a Chabad rabbi, he says he was standing and he was already taking his taxi to take him to the airport. He was standing very sad because it was like right before the holidays, everybody's coming and he's leaving. And the Rebbe's secretary passed by, was an older man, and he saw him standing like this. Walked into the Rebbe a minute later, the Rebbe calls him in and gives him a blessing and a smile, told him, go and be happy, it'll be good. Because he saw, it's like, you know, everybody goes this direction. You're the only one driving the other direction. That was the dilemma. And one of the Rebbe wants to conquer the world, bring Judaism to every place. But the spies, they want to sit with Moses. They don't want to go. That as long as it's a desire and you sit in the shul and talk about it, it's nice. But when you come and you turn around the whole nation against God, oh, you're in big trouble. And that's what we have to learn different than a soul departing from God to come down to the earth. The same thing. The same thing. You're right. 